One of the biggest surprises that I have had on this mindful, what I'd refer to as this mindfulness journey that began a little over 30 years ago when I first discovered the practice of mindfulness and mindful meditation is the following, and I I will freely admit before I share what that surprise has been, I will freely admit that when I started this practice, I started it because of the of the fact that I thought that, and I had heard some things that people had shared, and I had read some things, and what motive, and I'm always very clear about this, what motivated me to start practicing mindfulness and mindful, mindfulness meditation is that I had been struggling my entire life with chronic depression, and I just wanted to feel better. I was trying to find a way to not be struggling so much with how I felt and what I felt. At the time, I had no idea at all that ever any suffering that I was allowing for myself, and what I should say is needless suffering, uh, I realized that there is both, you know, there is also another kind of suffering that we can't control, but so much of the suffering that I was heaping on myself, so to speak, or causing for myself was self-created. And what happened was that I went into this practice because I was so overwhelmed with the feelings that I was having. I didn't realize at that time that it was not so much the feelings that were overwhelming me as that was just the emotional, and I, and I shouldn't say just because it is not a small thing. And they, the, these, these feelings, these emotions certainly are not insignificant. Uh, in a lot of cases, they can be a tremendous order of magnitude that can be something that is very difficult to hold that in our bodies or in our physical container. And it's hard sometimes to cope with those very strong emotions. But what I was not aware of was that what I was really seeking relief from, and I didn't even know it at the time, was all of the thoughts, everything that I was thinking about how I was feeling. And for some reason today, I am just feeling moved to take a look back and take a step back and really look at this longer journey and share the biggest surprise to me. And what I have found is that after years, and I'm going to be completely transparent about this as well, and I'm not trying to, uh, there's, you know, there's, there's, no, there's no hiding from this. I want to be completely upfront about this, that I always felt like the, the only way for me to find relief, the only way for me to find peace, the only way for me to feel better was to find, up to the time I started, up till I discovered mindfulness, it was all about finding a way to cope with my feelings. And when I say cope with my feelings, I'm not saying necessarily in a healthy way. I realize there's both healthy and unhealthy coping. It's This isn't to me about a judgment about right and wrong. But what I found was that the way that I coped with it was mostly trying to escape it. If there were feelings that I felt that I didn't like feeling them, uh, things that happened in my life that triggered me in certain ways, and there certainly were plenty of those, and there still are today. And that's the other point I want to make is that uh, mindfulness practice does not necessarily make these triggers go away. Uh, it does not make these, uh, these strong emotions go away either. <clears throat> what I find is that it really allows me to be able to get a handle on 
what exactly is resulting from those feelings. I don't necessarily want to analyze it or I don't even need to really fully understand it. What I really, really want to do is be aware of it. And just the simple act of being aware of it is what has made the difference. But getting back to my earlier point or the larger point of this is that I was always looking for a way to, if I wasn't feeling good or I was feeling an emotion that didn't feel pleasant, I wanted to find a way to, I never really bought into the whole being cheered up thing. There's nothing wrong with it and I'm not above it or beyond it. It's just that never really worked for me. Uh, There's many times I wish it would have worked for me or that it would work for me because clearly just being cheered up sometimes probably I would imagine uh, is a tremendous uh, is a tremendous relief from feeling burdened by unpleasant emotions, feeling some upwelling or upsurge of happiness. Uh, but what I what what for me what really was happening was I was really trying to escape the feelings that I didn't like feeling, and because I didn't know that there was a way to and there again this isn't about escaping the thoughts or making the thoughts go away. It's just about getting having getting to a place where I have a different perspective about those thoughts and realizing that I don't have to believe them just because I'm the one thinking them. And I also realize that all of my internal reactions, in other words, when my my buttons get pushed, so to speak, I know there's different euphemisms for this, but when I'm triggered in some way, I don't like that clearly either. I don't know many people who do. And what I find here is that it's not so much about the not liking this happening. What What I have found is that the more that I am that I'm invested in resisting being triggered, the more that I'm pushing against or trying to run away from being triggered by whatever it is that's happening to me externally or around me, the more that I'm trying to escape and divert my attention to something besides an emotion that I am not enjoying the, the, the way that it's feeling. And, and, I, and I'm wanting some kind of relief. I want some kind of escape. I want some kind of an end to bring about an end to whatever it is that I don't like what I'm feeling. That to be able to stop and realize, and it took me many, many years to finally understand this. And I would say that it hasn't been but maybe just a few years that I have begun to recognize the deeper lesson in all of this. And that the lesson for me, and there again, I, I can't know what's best for every, anyone else, everyone else. Uh, I'm not here necessarily to say that this is what's best for anyone else other than myself. I really share this because I've had so many conversations with people that this has resonated, that I feel moved to share this. And the most unexpected surprise about, about what I have learned as a result of engaging in mindfulness practice or mindfulness meditation practice for a long period of time and sustaining that practice, even when it didn't feel good, even when it was painful, even when it was difficult, was that it really allowed me to integrate the wisdom, first of all, to just realize that for me, and there again, this is for me. I can't say that this is the answer for anyone else. I don't even know that it's the answer for me, but it, this is ultimately where this is this has led me on the journey. And it's brought about a tremendous amount of freedom. And that is that there, when I'm feeling emotions that do not feel good, when I am in the midst of being triggered in a really severe way, when I am feeling my all of my buttons being pushed and I'm overwhelmed and I feel like I can't go on anymore, 
What I have found is that this practice has allowed me to recognize through paying attention to my thoughts that there is really nothing for me to fear in terms of what it is that I'm feeling emotionally because if I can just be in touch with and aware of the fact that all of these feelings, these strong emotions, at least for me, manifest themselves in a lot of thinking. They, these feelings manifest themselves in a lot of internal reactions where I'm resisting and pushing against what these feelings feel like. And I guess I can't really think of a better way to say that. And that the answer has been really for me, it's been the exact opposite of what I once thought it was. There's no way that I could have known this because I didn't even realize what the real benefit of mindfulness practice was until I practiced it for decades. And that is that I need not fear feeling these things because ultimately the only way that I can ever, uh, that I can really cope in a healthy way, the only way that I can really be present and be here where it's all happening is to be in my body. And some people refer to this as embodiment, embodied awareness. Uh, I have a very dear teacher that calls this embodied aliveness. And really what it boils down to is that there is nowhere for me to run. There's nowhere for me to hide. There's nothing for me to do when I'm feeling these strong emotions and when I feel triggered and when I feel like I'm struggling, that there's nothing external that is going to, and I'm not saying that it's wrong to seek comfort in things external. Uh, I certainly am not above or beyond that as well. I certainly have not transcended that. I realize there are ways in which we can comfort ourselves that are healthier than others, but I'm not here necessarily to know or to say what is better than anything else. What I have found, though, in general, to me, the, the greater lesson for me has been that all of the answers, if there are answers, and I'm not even really seeking answers, as odd as that sounds, really what I'm wanting to do is just be here. And I had a dear teacher once also say that being here is the point. This is ultimately really what being in this human incarnation is. This is really what ultimately being a human is all about. And I, rec I recognize that as one person's uh, interpretation of this. But that really, really resonates with me because what I realize is that mindfulness practice, without me realizing it, without me even really recognizing it, uh, it took years for me to see that it, what it was doing was it was giving me, it was empowering me to be able to feel whatever I felt and to not have to run and hide, to not have to medit, you know, to alleviate it in some way or ameliorate it in some way. It, you know, using something external. And I realize there are situations in which we clearly do need to medicate under certain, under certain conditions. And that's really be, uh, beyond the scope of this. But when I'm speaking about that, I'm speaking more about just reaching for something, not necessarily medication, uh, but reaching for something outside of me that's going to comfort me and make me feel better. What I'm speaking about here is that ultimately... I can recognize and be empowered to know and trust. And I think this is where the faith comes in and the ability, having faith in my own ability to be able to be present, to be here in this body, even if I don't like the way that it feels, even if it feels terribly uncomfortable. And there are still times, I will admit, even as recent as a couple of days ago, that I remember experiencing the thought, I don't know how much longer I can go on feeling this way. 
And I know when I am thinking thoughts like that, that it's just nothing more than me thinking thoughts like that. Uh, there's nothing for me to be alarmed about. There's nothing for me to be worried about. And I can only say that now after having recognized what the, uh, I guess what I'd almost call the, uh, uh, the unexpected surprise, at least it was for me. I recognize other people may already be aware of this very early in their practice. Some people may be aware of this before they even begin practicing. But for me, it was just a simple proposition. I was a person who had struggled and had suffered needlessly for decades. And I had no way of being able to really, uh, uh, steer my emotional ship. I had no way to really cope with what I was doing to myself because I wasn't even aware I was doing it to myself. What I always felt like was, or what I thought I should say, is that it was all the things that I couldn't control out there. It was always other people. It was always, and I wasn't blaming it on other people. It's just I felt completely unempowered to feel my own feelings and to witness my own thoughts. And it was only, it wasn't because I was incapable. It wasn't that I had some sort of shortcoming. It wasn't that I wasn't able to do it. It's just that I had never practiced doing it. And this practice, and it's probably actually beneficial that I didn't know this in the beginning because all I did was in the absence of at some point, I gave up and surrendered. I had tried everything I possibly could to try to feel better. I had tried everything I possibly could to not feel feelings that I really didn't want to feel. And sometimes when I say they were really strong emotions, I mean they were really, really strong emotions. And what I didn't realize was that there was a whole storm of thoughts that were you know, being brought into motion as a, you know, as a reaction to those feelings. Because that's all my body had ever been trained to do. In other words, I didn't know that there was another way. And it wasn't until I began to free myself from the belief. And I don't even think I reckon, I don't think I believe this uh, consciously. I think it was much more unconscious and in my subconscious that if I was going to feel strong feelings, there were certainly going to be thoughts that were going to happen. And I was going to uh, be subject to those. And if I was having them, I was certainly going to believe them. And spending years learning how to trust my ability to not believe everything that I was thinking about what I was feeling, to recognize that what I thought was happening was not always what was really happening. And when I could begin to start seeing the, I guess what I'd refer to, the automaticity. In other words, it was just really almost robotic. I would be triggered in some way. That would cause some sort of strong emotion that would automatically set thoughts in motion. And it was only years later when I could see that the, the, uh, the, uh, what's the word I'm trying to use here? The unconscious nature of this. In other words, this was all happening in, in motion, whether I wanted it to happen or not. And frankly, I felt powerless to stop it. And it wasn't until I could actually wrap my head around the process itself. And the only way for me to do that was for me to, you know, to take advantage of the slight amount of headspace that this allows us when we start watching our thoughts. I could basically start looking at my thoughts without being invested in them, without believing the stories I was telling myself. It was almost as if I could be a neutral, more of a new, I don't want to say completely neutral because I don't know if that's possible or not. And it doesn't even really matter on a certain level. 
But it was only until I could witness these thoughts and to be able to, it really slowed everything down because if I was the one believing all this was true just because I thought these, you know, the, I was thinking these things and believing these things and identifying as the person that was having these thoughts and all these things were happening to me, once I could actually get to the point that I could really see what was happening, it really slowed everything down. And then there began to be this perspective that began to germinate and eventually sprouted and grew. And at some point, I was able to see that so much of my thoughts were habitual. So many of my beliefs were basically never really uh, thought through. They were just subscribed to without any kind of critical thinking whatsoever. And so over the, the, the past couple of decades especially, there has been this process that mindfulness practice has enabled me to be able to slow down and really unpack these things. I don't want to get lost in analysis or, you know, cause what's referred to as analysis paralysis. Uh, I don't have to understand everything that I think or why I think it. What I found is that if I had to choose between understanding everything that I think and, and, and understanding why I think it versus just being aware that I'm thinking and that I don't really have to necessarily know for sure whether that's really even valid or not. It's, on some level, it gets to a point where I'm just no longer in the business of believing what I'm thinking about what I'm feeling. And that really has become a mantra for me and has been, it has been that way for some time. It's that I don't, I'm not really in the business of proving any thoughts to be right and other thoughts to be wrong or other thoughts to be true or untrue because what I found what's more important then separating these thoughts into true and untrue is just to be aware that I'm doing it and just to be aware that I am every time I believe what I'm thinking about what I'm feeling, I mislead myself and guide myself away somewhere else off in my head away from here where things in the present moment where everything is actually happening. And it is amazing to have the experience of witnessing these things happening in real time. And I've had countless opportunities. It still happens even today. I can think of a situation even two hours ago or three hours ago in which I had some sort of, there was some sort of emotion and they're not always unpleasant. They're just, sometimes it's just, it's just getting, to, the more I practice this, the more anybody practices this. And I truly believe this. And it's not because I say it so. It's because I trust in people's ability inherent ability and innate ability to be able to, uh, if they practice paying attention to this, that they can tune more into it. I believe that we all have this ability. It's just a matter of using the muscle, so to speak. And, I, and I'm kind of, I'm definitely using that very figuratively, but ultimately that's really what it is. The more that we practice this, but what I was going to say is that it is unbelievably amazing and it's very freeing and it's incredibly empowering to be able to be in a situation with other people uh, or interacting with other people and see an emotion arise and not even have to wonder why it's happening or analyze it to just let it be what it is. I don't even have to know what caused it. Uh, the more I go searching for a reason, the less I'm going to find the reason because I'm just going to be busy being the person trying to find the reason I'm feeling something. And when I can just literally have just a little bit of perspective 
a little bit of headspace, I can literally be in the moment with other people. And this is available to any of us. There's, there's nothing special about me in any way, shape, or form. It's just that it's so unbelievably empowering to be in a situation and recognize some sort of emotion occurring. And then at some point, there is some sort of thought that occurs as a result of that, because I do want to make sure I make this distinction because it's very important. Mindfulness practice in of itself will not prevent me from having thoughts. I cannot, I'm not training myself to not have thoughts. I'm definitely not training myself to not have reactions. All I'm, if I'm training myself of anything, it is to just, I'm training to pay attention to my thoughts and to be aware that I'm thinking and to be aware that I'm having reactions and to just watch this all happen in real time and recognize that I don't have to hold on so tightly. I can have thoughts about what I'm feeling but if I'm not busy believing them, if I'm not busy thinking that, you know, creating any beliefs around it, I can simply have them. And it's almost like it's sort of like, oh, OK, so there, you know, there it goes again. And I can I'm free to be whoever I am because I'm the only reason I'm free to be whoever I am is because if I'm not busy thinking that I'm this person having these thoughts and thinking this is how it is, I'm free to be whatever it is or whoever I actually am, because I'm open to however it is. I don't even need to know how it is because of the fact that just being here and being present in this moment, experiencing whatever I'm experiencing really expands the consciousness itself. And I realize I may be getting a little bit metaphysical, but uh, what I also realize is at some point I can't keep the lid on that anymore. At some point it's, it's, uh, yeah, the, uh, it's at some point I'm you know there's no there's no way around me speaking about this, and what I find is that if I can just be open to whatever it is that I really am, which is way more, and this is the case for all of us, way more than the way that that I define myself, that I can really just be free to be however I am in any situation, and because I'm not looking to my own thoughts or my own beliefs about who I am and what I am and what's happening to me, then I no longer have to worry about what I need to be, what I need to do, how I need to react, what is right, what is wrong, because I'm just in the moment and I'm just however I am. And because I'm human, and this is the beautiful part about this, is I'm free to be more human because I don't have to try to be any way that I'm not. Uh, I don't have to judge myself if I'm I, if I am in finding myself in a way that maybe I would prefer not to be. Me preferring not to be a certain way is just simply a thought about how I think that I should be, and recognizing that I'm not, then I'm going to develop beliefs about what's wrong with me and what I need to do and why can't I be the way that I think I need to be. And I'm going on and on about this because I'm trying to make the point. I'm being overly circular. Because I'm trying to convey how, how difficult that we can make it for ourselves when we are having all these thoughts, trying to be in the moment with ourselves, with other people, and to just feel whatever we feel. And recognizing that there is so little in this life that we can control. I realize there is thing, are things that we can control, but I certainly can't really uh, control anything, even the few things that I can, if I'm off over here somewhere else in my head very busy thinking about something that's most likely already happened at some point. It's in the past because time keeps moving on, so to speak. And I, I, I can't really be here and experience any of it. And it's, it's, it amazes me how, and I've learned this more and more over the years, not learned it, but it's, it's, I've experienced it, 
how so much of our lives can be lived in our heads that we're never really, really here. We, it, it seems like we are, and it's not up to me to say who is here and being present and who isn't, but I know for myself it's astonishing how much of my life that I have spent actually thinking that I'm here, but not really here, because I'm off somewhere else in my head thinking about something that has triggered a certain emotion, and I'm having memories about things that happened previously, worries or fears about what's happening in the future, And all I really need to do to come back to this present moment, the one thing that is guaranteed is that if I come back to the present moment, there are thoughts that are occurring. There are reactions that are happening. And if I can just be back here in my body, feeling whatever it is that I feel, whether I like it or not, whether I want it to continue or not, and just continue to keep paying attention without interpreting, without analyzing, without understanding even, it opens up life to a, to to a completely different experience, and this is not this isn't rocket science. This certainly is nothing that is uh, outside of the reach of any human being. It's is what I refer to as you know these these meditative practices are what I refer to as an ancient technology. This is something that humans have had available to them for thousands of years, maybe even longer than that. I have no way to know, but I do know this that in the end. What has really made allowed for me to be able to cope more effectively with anything that I'm feeling. And at the same time, I don't want to, and that I spent so much of my life avoiding certain situations and avoiding feeling things. So if I could control all the variables, I didn't have to worry about feeling things I didn't want to feel. It never really worked. And in the process of trying to quote unquote engineer my life or maybe reverse engineer it because it's already going to be the way that it is. And I'm trying to go back and, 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 uh, and re-engineer it, so to speak, or second guess what I really cannot change. And there's so much about this life that I can't. I'm not here necessarily uh, bemoaning that anymore. I'm not, here, I'm not here upset about the fact that there's so little I can control because I want to be, basically spend what time and energy I do have dealing with the, the things that I can't control. But here's where maybe the paradox is. The less that I try to control them, the more I just flow ultimately with where I need to be. And I don't even know where I need to be. It's just that I find myself there when I'm not busy overthinking, when I'm not lost in habitual thoughts or looping thoughts about something. This, this, this sense of present being present happens when I'm not busy with beliefs about what is right for me and what's wrong for me and why this is happening and why that's happening. It really, really it kind of loosens everything up. It makes it much easier to just take the ride of going through life. Uh, and I'm not, and I'm not encouraging passivity in any way, shape or form. Uh, what I am basically encouraging is that we have this innate human ability to be present. And this practice for me, and I've seen it work so much for so many other people is it basically enables us and empowers us to be more present and be here whether it's really the way we want it to be or not. Because I think in the end, what I found is the only thing that has really been healing for me, the only thing that has really opened my heart is being here now and being present. And that is ultimately the benefits and the fruits of this practice.